there was no chance for the judges to hand Lewis Ritson a get-out-of-jail-free card this time. He was stopped by Jeremias Ponce to see his dream of fighting for a world title take a huge hit. Newcastle favourite was back in front of his boisterous fans following his controversial behind-closed-doors win over Miguel Vasquez last year. Ritson was dominated really from the first bell. He was dropped three times in the 10th, finally stopped by referee Steve Gray, a controversy. Yeah, controversy we will come to very shortly. But this is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show with me, Martin Domin, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. So, as I mentioned, well, I didn't mention, but I'll mention it now. After the ninth round, Lewis Ritson's dad told him, I'll give you one more round. He went out for the tenth round. He was dropped. The towel came in. Steve Gray, I assume, well, he either missed it or he ignored it, carried on. Ritson was dropped again. And then only when he was being dropped for a third time did Steve Gray finally wave the fight off. By let's just start there. We talk a lot, well, we talk often about corners maybe not stepping in at the right time, not saving their fights for another day. On this occasion, they've done that. And Steve Gray has carried on. Uh, difficult to tell, I guess, if he if he saw the towel and ignored it, because that would seem strange. But certainly a controversial ending, and it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I think he did see it. Um, but... Only the referee can stop the fight, and people have to be aware of that. So I know it's easy to say that, and, and you know, he wasn't doing that just to show his authority, but he's closest to the action, so he knows when a fight is hurt. That's why some fights get stopped earlier than what we think, because he'll see a fight is hurt when we can't see that from where we are, from our vantage point. But also, I guess he thought that that Lewis was, you know, could continue. Uh, so I guess... So maybe he, he thought there wasn't the right decision. It's, it's, it's on him. I, I always think it's a risky. I remember, I remember, you know, when um, when Mickey Van did it with um, Michael Casidis and um, the Luton Graham boy, Graham Earl, yeah, yeah, and and Graham Earl had a little bit of a resurgence before he got stopped in the end. But I always thought that was he crazy. Him away, didn't he? He dropped him he straight did, away. Yeah, yeah, but but it was like, and it, but even then, it was like, why would you do that? You know, they want to quit. And even if he goes on to win the fight, there was a reason for it. So, uh, but I think you know it takes away from Ponce's performance and win if we just if we hack on about that. It was you know, the result ended up being the same anyway. I don't think Lewis Ritson took an, another hide in. He, he was getting hurt to the body. So what they want like he wasn't taking massive concussive headshots. He wasn't really hurt on the head. It was all body shots ever wearing him down. So I don't think he was. Uh, a sustained attack that was going to have um, massive effects either now or later on, like any more than it would anyway. Do, do you know what I mean? I don't think he had to get a massive hide in. It was another 20 odd seconds. It was, if I said, it's not as if he was getting like you know, dropped with, with headshots, it was both shots that were doing the damage. So I don't agree with it, but I don't think it's a, it's a massive point that we should dwell on, to be honest. Like, like I think, I think Matt Macklin sort of understandably was, was was a bit annoyed with it and in the commentary. But I also think he went a little bit overboard, you know, going crazy about it. I just think, you know, it was it was I don't agree with the decision of the referee. He did it. He had to take a few extra shots around, around the ribs and he got stopped and that was it. I don't think it was it was that bad. But in this era, in this generation, in this in this climate that we're in, you're insensitive if you say that. So I'll take that back. And I think the referee was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it is, 
you're afraid to give you you're afraid to say anything like well you know it's boxing you know you got it because you're you're selling callous and you know, people could be hurt in the ring and and, and you sound too insensitive but it's a it's a it's a hurt business and and you know if i was doing this and i would have been devastated if I was, it's happened to me so you want to continue and if you think you can and the referee thinks you can then you want to carry on and so that was it i didn't agree with the call but i didn't think it was that much of a of a shocker either to be fair do you know what i think i reckon that ponce saw the the towel come in so he started celebrating it and it was almost like steve gray he might not have i don't want to cast aspersions but it felt like he wanted to make a point of going no hold on a set mate you haven't won yet just because the towel's come in it's my decision to do this and then he's obviously administered a count and when he's got up because it was a body shot he's his head's clear so he can't wave him off then because he's fine so then he sort of has to let him go on. It was a bit like, you know, in school where the bell used to go and everyone would go mental and the, the teacher would say, no, the bell's for me, it's not for you. It was a bit like that. Yeah. It was like, no, the, yeah. towel, the towel's for me, not for you, mate. You better get your hands up. We're going to box on now. And it was just a miss. You're right, you're right Martin. It could have been a lot worse. But, yeah. It, it I, I, don't think, I don't think it could have been a lot worse, though. Not in that. Not in, I mean, it, it could in a different situation. But the way that it was going, Lewis never looked like he was going to get knocked out. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? To a headshot. So I don't think it could have got any worse, unless he's done some internal damage around the, around the body, of course. But I, I don't think it could have been any worse. I don't. I, I, I think he's getting stopped to the body regardless, to be honest. But or or he, he showed some you know, grit that he has, and he and he gets through the round. But I, I don't think it was like one of those where he's wobbling all over the place, and and the referee lets him continue go wild. No, that could be worse. That's dangerous. I don't think it was in that situation. I mean, I understand, of course, it's, it's the referee's decision, but ultimately, I can't imagine a referee ever being criticised. Well, you can't be criticised for stopping a fight when the towel comes in. It just seems to me to be an unnecessary... Uh, you're right, in this case, maybe it, it wouldn't have done any more harm, but it just seems, as a rule, it should just be, see the towel... Yeah, why would you? And then, why, in, in the, in, with, with, the, with, the, with the age of social media, when people are looking social media, sorry, when people are looking to jump on your back about anything, and referees, especially in this country, get such a hard ride, why would you do that? You're inviting just trouble on yourself. I, you really are. I don't see the point. But, you know, you should, yeah, why would you? If, if they want to quit for their, their fighter, you know, then you just go, well, they want to quit. Yeah. No. They, they, they know they know their fighter better than I. It's the same with like referees. Judges don't have to give it when a referee scores a lockdown. The judge doesn't have to give that. He doesn't have to. It's there, to, but they do because he's made a big. He's counted. He's made a big thing. So you just give the ten. You just do it. You know, and it's why would you go against that? Because then later in the fight, that can become a real issue if the, if it's a close fight and goes the other way, and you haven't given that ten eight round. You've got to explain stuff, and and that situation there, you know. He's had to, you know, he's had to explain himself. You know, same as Mickey Van did. You know, and if it was a code the other way, then you look like you're a genius referee. But yeah, it didn't seem. But I don't think that, that Steve Gray isn't. Well, he doesn't come across to me that quite a few times I've met him and spoken to him that he's an egomaniac. He wasn't no. sort of like. I think you might be right there, Declan, that he maybe lost a little bit of his head and thought, you know, seeing seeing Ponce celebrating just to say, "Hang on, I'm in charge." Yeah. But I'm so surprised because he's not really that type. I just think he's he seen Lewis was clear and able to continue and, and wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. That's, that's about yep. it, really. 
Okay, the fight itself, Declan really, you know, Ritson took a body, sorry, took a body shot in the first round and really took the rest of that round just to tuck up and, and, and make sure there was no further damage. But he never really was able to stamp his authority on the fight. No, I think there was a danger of this happening. I watched a bit of Ponce in the week just to check him out and he was clearly very dangerous. I mean, just look at his record, he's dangerous, but rangy, awkward, doesn't stop coming. But you you look at who he's fought and it's like, okay, well, he's done it at a certain level. What's he going to do against someone like Ritson? But I think you're right, he hit him early and then Ritson couldn't really get started. It was it was a bit like Warrington Lara. I mean, it's an obvious comparison to make, but it was a bit like that where he was like, okay, wow, I can't really get started here. And the way he kept tucking up, because he obviously got hit in the body, the way he kept tucking up and almost turning his back and just sort of offering the back and top of his head, it meant that he could never fire back on the inside with anything. So he was just tucking up, soaking up damage. Half the time, a few of them would get through and then he couldn't actually respond. And then they'd just reset and it would go again. And that was the pattern of the fight. It was a lot of action, but it was it was one-way traffic, which is disappointing. I mean, more disappointing for Lewis Ritson. But, um, I mean, Ponce looks... I mean, fun fighter. I mean, powerful, doesn't stop coming. He got hit clean quite a, like, I don't know, sort of a dozen times and it didn't put a dent in him at all. And Ritson must have been like, what is happening here? Because he usually hits people and they at least stay hit. At least the people who stand in front of him, not the movers necessarily, but people like that. Um, so it was just a difficult pattern for him to get out of, really. And then he couldn't turn it around with his power like might he might have done, say, at lightweight, which I do think has been problem for him I know he couldn't really do lightweight anymore but he hasn't really looked like he did like the wrecking ball he did at nine stone nine up at up at um, light welter so yeah you got a big tall like ambitious guy I heard on commentary he's just about to become a dad you know he's got it all in front of him and he, he fought like someone in that position and a fair play to him it's a shame we had to speak about Steve Gray because I think it was a great it was it was a great night for that and it was a good a really good performance from someone coming away from home to literally to someone's backyard and doing something like that. It always, it always, I find it always inspiring. Yeah, I, I, I sort of agree. I think with Lewis Ritson, he has to hurt you. And if he can hurt you, it has to be enough to stop you from wanting to discourage you from wanting to go at him. And he couldn't do that. So he had a guy who could take it, who could take the punch and added a tremendously, you know, um, hard work rate. So a guy who's willing to throw a million punches and can walk through your shots, Lewis Ritson will never beat a fighter like that because he hasn't got the other, you know, he's got those really good things in his locker that he's tough and he can hit hard and he can hurt you and he can finish you and he, and he has a good work rate himself. But when he can be outworked and he can hurt you and can deter you from walking through him, then he hasn't got the rest of the, he hasn't got those other things in his locker like good footwork, lateral movements. He, he, he can't think to counter It'll make you miss, make you pay. Just doesn't do those things. Never has done. Never either learned to do them or couldn't or couldn't do them. So he's always that always worked on the things. He's worked to his strengths. When your strengths don't work, and you don't work on your weaknesses, then you don't know where to go. And that's what, that's what happened tonight. He came up against a guy who was, it seemed stylistically suited for him, but only if he could hurt him, and he couldn't. And that's it. So yeah, I think in many ways that's the worst. That's a worse opponent than Vasquez for him actually. Mm. Because you know, he could easily chase Vasquez down and you know, try and get to him. They, they, no, the fight that we all thought he lost, almost everyone thought he lost in, in the last time. But this guy was worse in many ways because he couldn't hurt him, he could not work him. 
It's one of them where the Vasquez fight, I know he said in the build-up and everything that he'd learnt lessons and he'd sort of taken it as if it was like a defeat. But when you do get a win, it does paper over the cracks, doesn't it? And he didn't win that fight. And then from there, he's got to go on a step from Vasquez, even though he hasn't won the fight and he's gone on a step into an eliminator against someone 27-0 and or whatever he was, big puncher. And it's like, no, but he actually lost that fight. So he should have been rebuilding in his next fight and he's not but, because, of, because of the results. But also... But also you get to a point where you are you are what you are. You yeah. know, like we can only we can only do. Everyone should be work, working on certain things and trying to do things better. But ultimately, you know, you, you can't do everything. So, or, or you're the best fighter on the planet. But you know, so you, you work to your strengths and you try and work on your weaknesses. But you can't change your style. Your style is you are what you know. You what you did as an amateur and as a pro, you can you can tweak with it slightly. But ultimately. You're set in stone, really, by the time you get to sort of like your early 20s. So you just got to hope that what you do best is better than what he does best. That, that's pretty much that's what, what, what it boils down to. There were some things you just, I couldn't I could punch, I had no physical strength, so I, I wasn't going to do what Lewis Tristan does and walk through you. But then he can't get up on his toes and dance around like I could, you know. So, and that's it, so which maybe tonight, a little bit of that movement around the ring. Make this guy fall short, a few feints here and there, you know, spinning on the front foot and getting around behind him with a world to treat. But then, you know, he can't do that because he's what he does, he needs to be flat footed and, and set him lining you up for the big shots. And he did land some big shots and he landed probably heavier shots than the other kid. But they had no effect. So those heavier punches, especially in the earlier rounds, so heavier punches he was landing with, he was still being at work because the guy was walking through him. And that's just and when that happens, you then you the plan B and C and D. If they're not there, then you then you you're just hoping that he runs out of steam and he never. I do. I have to say, I've, I've left the TV on. Scott, I left. I left Sky on, and they've shown a great fight from last week. The one of the best fighters who ever put a brace of pair of gloves on versus a fella called Logan Paul. Logan, he's a genius. He's on the telly now. Great commentary, by the way. Who did the comms, yeah? Ah, oh, a right sellout. A right sellout. <laughs> well, we can talk about that if you want, but... Uh... No, 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 no. So, what we have now in Lewis Ritson, really, is a guy who, officially, anyway, has lost twice after stepping up. A guy who doesn't seem to carry his weight at the higher... His power, sorry, at the higher weight division, but who presumably cannot now make lightweight, a guy who sells a lot of tickets normally in Newcastle and who is, as I said to, to Barry earlier, who has brought up a lot of fighters onto his undercard because of that, it feels like Declan, he really is in a bit of a, a sticky situation now in terms of A, where he goes professionally, B, how he's used promotionally. Yeah, you're right. And that's just, it, just, it just shows the stark nature of boxing that when you lose, this is what happens straight away because then you start looking at the rankings, you're like, well, He's getting nowhere near these guys now because Ponce's just leapfrogged him and then everyone else and everyone knows that he's just been beaten in this fashion. So where do you go? Where does he begin to rebuild? I don't really know. There's fights there for him. And then also where does he fit in with DAZN? Like and, and Eddie's plans there because like you say, he sold a lot of tickets and that was a big driver there. Um, are they going to rebuild him and try, you know, get that crowd back behind him? I'm sure they will. How old is he? He's not, he's not, 27, old, 27 yeah. so you still you got plenty of time. Very young, very young, but when you look at his record, he had those two stoppages against Joe Murray, and then I think it was straight into the Scott Cardle fight, which really 
built him and sort of underlined him as this sort of real attraction, actually, not just in, in the Northeast, but in all over. You know, he was a real big hitting British guy, young, hungry, like, like clearly a lovely kid as well. But then it just, it seems to have come unstuck with the move up in weight, which happens to a lot of people. Sometimes people go up in weight and get, get stronger from it because they no longer have to cut. He seems to have just, that little bit of power is just not, not like it's eluding him, but it's just, it doesn't have the same effect up there. So then what, what do you do? I don't know what, what the route back is for him because the good thing, the thing that he's got on his side is that obviously Josh Taylor is the champion and he's got all the belts there. So you, one would assume that he will vacate at some point and so the belts will become fragmented. So there will be opportunities for him somewhere, you know, if he can win another couple. But is he, I don't know, it's probably what you're going to say, Barry. Is he, is he up there? Can he, can he get I, to the end of the division that, anyway? I think the problem is, you know, straight away, you get domestic, you get to the top or, or close to the top of domestic level, and you're talking about world titles. I know yeah. he boxed for the, he tried to do the lightweight, and he boxed a uh, lightweight, he boxed for the European title, and that short. But that's a mark and an indicator. And, and they rebuilt, but they rebuilt, they rebuilt and didn't go back. They went around that route. They didn't go back into European level. They went around that route and bypassed it with intercontinentals and so on and so forth. And that's what a lot of fighters do. And I, I did it, you know, that's how it works sometimes. But he's not world level. And that's he's not saying he's not a good fighter. He's not world level. And the problem you've got with rebuilding him, a ticket seller, is that you could rebuild him and keep him at British and just below European level. And maybe European level is his world title. Mm. Is his pinnacle, which is tremendous, by the way. But because everyone just constantly talks about world titles all the time, and now all this week, you know, about you watching know, Australia for the unified world title, then his fans, all those tickets he'd sell, don't want to see him against um, anyone else anymore. Because they, they don't know, I don't know boxing, they just think Lewis Ritz is going to be a world champion. Or he's going to box the best fighter on the planet at that weight, and, and, and why isn't he? So I don't want to watch him. I'll wait till he gets back to that level again. So, but if there was more realistic with their ambition and with their goals, then they could easily resell him and still sell lots of tickets because he's because he's an exciting fighter to watch, and he can earn good money for that. But now they've now they're talking about world titles all the time. Then they're going to go. Well, where is he? He lost again. He might as well retire. That's what people will be saying because he's lost again when he stepped up and he's been beat so he's not going to get there and i don't think he's ever going to get to world level i don't but this that doesn't mean that he still can't be a good fighter still be in competitive fights and still earn money and still sell tickets people are more realistic about the selling point i think that's a problem people just go straight to once you get to domestic top of domestic level you're looking you're talking about world titles and it's a big downfall then because then you you don't want to go back to fighting for european titles which you bypassed you look there as a step down. No, he won't want to be going domestic that route again. Robbie Davis Jr. is a great fight. Mm. It's a fantastic fight, which will sell well, could be, be, be good. But it's, it's a harder sell now because they're going to go, what's it for? And you can't sell that now to the boxing, to a real boxing fan, that the winner that goes on the title of world title. Because you're going to go, are they? Oh, really? We've seen what we've seen now. So, you know, we'll know, like, where, where, how good he can be. And, and that's, not, that's not a dig at anyone, by the way. That's just a little bit of a reality check on where, on where you are. 
and 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 certainly at the minute his weight, unfortunately, even if you get even if the belts get fragmented, there's just really good fighters, you know, in the top five, six, and seven. So it's a, even if he does get that route, he needs a real, real bit of luck that that nobody wants to fight for one title and he gets and he gets the easiest route there. But I don't see it. Just and don't see it anymore. He'd still make a fortune if. Josh Kelly's just in touch and distance weight-wise because up there they could sell both stadiums all the way. You know, every, any stadium up there they could sell it. And he's too big for him now, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know what the, what the crack is there, but it's obviously one that's always been spoken about. And, you know, they could both make money off of that. And that's what it will come down to eventually. And what's hard for the fighter as well is that when you're being told, you know, you're, you're world class, you're world class, you're whatever class it is, and then you turn out to not be that, Where's his motivation? As much yeah. as he wants to earn a living, there's my camera there. My camera's so bored of me, he's walking away. Yeah, so you're so you know, you're so like thinking I'm going to be a world champion or fight for a world title, and then you're not going, and then it doesn't happen in the end. Yeah, my sorry, my cam. I got a cameraman here. There's an apprentice, and he's drunk. <laughs> but yeah, so or maybe that's just me. Yeah, and then what happens then? No, you, I'm not going to go back onto this. I don't, you, you, where's your motivation? You, you don't want to know. You, you, he's, he's a, he'll be in a bad place now because you know, he's been told that he's going to be boxing Josh Taylor next. That's all he's been told. That's well. All the other things, all that's all you hear is the big stuff. Is the good stuff when you're in a boxer. You just you just listen to the your boxing Sugar Ray Leonard next. And, you know, even if it's not reality, if someone tells you that, you just focus on that. So you'd be focused on you know, the the dream. You win this fight now, and you win it well. Then you'll be boxing for all the belts in Newcastle against Josh Taylor. You no know, British domestic, one of the biggest British domestic fights in years, and all that stuff. You know, and that's that's it. Now he's going, yeah, well, okay, well, you'll be a six round, and now in the undercard of whoever, you no, know, down in London, you no, know, you got you got to bring two thousand fans with you. Well, I can't do that. Well, you can't get you on the bill. That's what happens. You don't you don't just drop down to a chief undercard anymore. You go right down the list. And I know what it's like. So it's, again, I, I never moan, and this is very depressing. <laughs> and when Ritson does, well, assuming he does fight again, assuming he fights again on Matchroom, it will be on the zone that was. I don't know if I mentioned it before or not. That was uh, the final Matchroom show on Sky Sports. Not one of the finest, I would argue. There are routine wins for Cyrus Pattinson, Solomon Dakers and April Hunter. Joe Laws back to winning ways. Alan Babich stopped another cruiserweight uh, at heavyweight. That's seven from seven from now. Maybe maybe this year he'll step up. Who knows? But I'm not holding my breath. Any thoughts, gents, on, on the end of, end of an era with Sky Sports? Obviously, they've now signed a, a deal with Top Rank and with Boxer. Uh, they seem very excited by it. I'm not, I'm not convinced it's a natural replacement. Top rank, obviously, through the night. Some good fights coming up, don't get me wrong. Boxer, we'll wait and see what they produce. But but certainly the end of, a, of, a, of an era. They got a good um, They got a good co-commentator in. I know that for sure. <laughs> he only does um, YouTube fights. It's good. It's good um, I think why would they put, why, hang on. Why would they put the eye candy as a commentator? <laughs> makes no sense to me. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, do you know what would have been sad is if we were saying that was the last fight on Sky and we don't know what they're doing now. We hope to see him back. Like, it's just great that they're still involved and there's people there at the company saying, no, this, you know, still banging the drum. And what I mean, it's great. We've got Anue, we've got Stevenson. Who's the other one? Like, o- overnight. Lom- 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 Lomachenko. 
Never, never, never heard of him. But, you know, when you think about it, that's what Box Nation used to bring us. And it was like an absolute manna from heaven. And that, and then we, that dropped off and we had to start looking at, like, missing big fights or getting yeah. Fight TV or Premier Sports, whatever. So it's so nice that, that Sky is still in there and also providing that service. Interested to see what happens with Boxer and stuff. It seems very embryonic stages. It's certainly a, a huge step down is probably wrong. But, you know, Matchroom is a massive machine and it's a totally different thing to that so i'm interested to see how it goes it's just so good that boxing is still on sky and that barry jones is still chatting to us in uh no, with paddy clark what a dream team that is oh yeah that's it's, well it might be for one night only who knows yeah but, but uh, i i just think like i'm glad they're still involved because i'm making some more work ultimately to be honest it's, but yeah they've been involved for so long and, and i think they're committed to it and um, the top round is good because you know you don't have to watch it live. You can record it nowadays, of course. You know, there's a massive fight, and most people do, and, and I think they'd expect that. But also, they have they have Josh Taylor, so you know that's that's not a that's a he, he comes over in Edinburgh Castle. That's more likely going to be on Sky Sports at nine o'clock at night rather than for three o'clock in the morning, which is fantastic. You know, and and and, and many other fighters that they have, and I'm sure they'll sign some more top men maybe do some stuff over here more stuff over here but the boxer one intrigues me because i'm not quite sure what they're going to do because they all you read with the press releases the innovative ideas and you know, a new look on a new spin on boxing and we've seen that tournament that they did you know which was ironically on bt sport but is it all going to be like that is it going to be i don't know i think people try to re- reinvent the wheel with boxing i don't think you have to i think you just had to have good fights. I you know. I I understand that they're trying to sell to a different audience. I do, but football don't have acrobats on at half time, do they? I don't know. Or maybe they do. I don't know. But you know, you know what I mean. They don't. They're just trying to. They don't have. They don't have the, the teams come up, you know, and 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 wear clown suits and stuff like that for five minutes, you know, to to get a different audience in. I, I, It'd be interesting to see what they do. You know, new ideas are great, but if it, if, it, if it becomes like a nightclub with boxing involved, which is some some of these shows that I've seen a little bit like that, is too much. Triller, for instance, there's too much goes on. I just can't focus on, for my age group. You know, I can't focus on it all. There's too much going on. It's too, it's too baffling. It puts me to sleep. It's too stimulating for a man of my age. I just go, oh, and I crash out. So. <laughs> It's like watching. It's like watching a couple of a couple of. Um, it's like watching my kids play. They play so much, it tires me out. I'm obviously. So it's but the fact that a young promoter, they got some older heads there, and I think they're going to work with some other promoters as well, and we will get some grassroots. And I think we might get. I hope we're going to get some midweek shows, because I, I think with the emergence of Saturday night football being more popular, I think boxing's going to have to start looking for different slots. I think. And maybe, you know, a Wednesday used to be a big night for boxing back in the day. I don't know whether you guys can remember yeah. night boxing at all. And even Monday sometimes were, were pretty good for boxing. And I think that might be a, a way for these smaller shows that they might start doing some of those movie shows, which I think would be great. Matchroom did a couple in your call. I remember... Um, I don't know what before Matchroom even existed. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying that Sky were up for that. That was on Sky. Lawrence Okoli, um boxed Luke Watkins on one. So... That'd be great. That was such a little treat as well. And as journalists, it's good to not just have the same, the same build-up because we're competing, trying to get stuff in the paper. We're competing with football yeah. to exactly the same 
So that that would be that would be wonderful. Might get in the paper more then as well if it's in the week. So who knows? And also, and, and also like, cause I, sorry, but my first my first three maybe four fights as a pro were on a Monday. Or was it when was I went to yeah, and they were on Monday, Monday nights. And I'd sell loads of tickets. You'd be surprised how many people want to go out on a Monday night. I mean it's not like a I know like Eddie Hearn used to sell a sat those the boxes you kind of you go out all night. But it wasn't back then. It was like you go to the fight, and then on your way home, because and then the boxing wouldn't go on until midnight back then. It, would, it, it by by eleven o'clock at the latest, it'd be finished. So they looked to get a fight in before they went home, and that would be it. It was mainly male dominated, more so back then. Of course, I understand the demographics changed a little bit, but that would be it. it would, you'd go to the boxing, you go and go work. It wouldn't be a massive um, all night old bender like it is now. You know, it's a massive massive deal, and I think. You can still have those nights, but these other nights are also very, especially for getting grassroots boxing back and and earning, you know, a star that is not from the GB squad. Then them sort of nights are quite, I think, are quite important, and and, and I think can work because again, the midweek schedule in, on on these sports channels and are, are not are not really that strong, you know, outside of the Champions Leagues and things like that, of course. And I, again, with, with with football becoming more popular in in the on the weekends in the evenings, then is going to be pushed way out, way back. It really is. Well, Sky Sports or no Sky Sports, Monday, Wednesday or Saturday, we are going nowhere. And we'll be back next weekend with Teofimo Lopez against George Cambosis, defence of the Americans. Three and a half. Lightweight world titles, should we call it? Yeah, four. Uh, so... <laughs> I can't, we can't have Barry Mori again. We'll have to we have to stop there. But thank you as always for joining us. And please do join us again next week. Until then, take care.